You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 770 CHQR. Welcome to The Strong Room. I'm Wayne Nelson. The purpose of an estate or life plan is to put down on paper what your wishes are for the wealth that you've accumulated during your lifetime. This plan should also include what your wishes are for your life going forward. It should designate who is going to act for you if you become incapacitated and how you'll want the designee to act in your best interests. None of this is covered by your will. Remember, a will can only designate what you want done with your estate after you pass. Now, I've personally had a will for a number of years. What I'm doing now is building an estate plan. In the process of doing so, I've been putting together a number of documents, like my will, a power of attorney, a list of all contacts, account numbers, life insurance policies, and so forth, that my executor will need when the time comes. However, gathering that material, putting it in a safe place, and making sure your executor or representative knows where everything is, is critically important. It will expedite the process of settling your estate when that time comes. Author and financial commentator Kelly Keene has done a lot of work and has some personal experience in this area. For a lot of people, they have so many documents that they don't realize are super, super important. So, first of all, let's talk about what to, um, you know, what to toss. Really, almost everything that goes in your garbage, you have to have a very, very careful look. I see so many seniors throwing out their bills that have their full name, their account number on them. They might not think anything of it. It's just maybe their phone bill or something of that sort. If it has your full name on it and your address, it potentially could be used by a fraudster against you. Now, a lot of people will say, well, I'm not really that important. I'm not famous. I'm not someone that anyone should care about. No one's going to be going through my garbage or, or whatever. Yes, there are people that are actually physically in the middle of the night, in the early morning, dumpster diving, trying to get people's information, seniors and otherwise, and they're patient. And there's really complex algorithms out there that are compiling all of our information, information that we freely give out, that we freely toss, or that has been compromised by companies. So we can't control everything, but we can control what we throw out, what we keep. So if it has your name, an account number, anything like that, get yourself a really good shredder and make sure you shred all of those documents or put them in a pile and give them to your adult child that has a shredder or a fireplace or something of that sort. Do not throw anything out. Now, what you also want to look for are all of your account applications and things like that. So if you have an RRSP or a RIF, something that maybe you just change your RSP to a RIF and you leave that account application on your table, not thinking anything of it, and you've got some repair people coming in and out of the house, that's a really sensitive document because it's got your full name, your date of birth, your social insurance number on that. So you want to make sure all of that is under lock and key, maybe in a little cabinet in your home. You want to lock up your passport if you're not traveling. Never, ever, ever carry your social insurance card. So what I want all your listeners to do is get their wallet out, get their purse out, and have a little look of what you're carrying around. You should be carrying a credit card, a debit card, your health card, your driver's license, and that's it. 
Do not carry your social insurance card. You don't need that. Don't carry your birth certificate. You don't need that either. So you want to make sure you have all those things locked up. And then when you're doing this in-home audit, you want to think about um, a time when you're not going to be around or a time when maybe there's a mental incapacity or a hospitalization. And this goes for, for someone of any age. All of us could have a time in our life where we can't make decisions for ourselves. And God forbid, um, if that happens, you don't want somebody rooting around your place trying to figure out where documents are, where your living will is, where your power of attorney is. Um, it's, really, it's a hard enough time if someone's passed away or, or they're, they're in the hospital to figure out what they want, let alone try to find these documents. So sit down with your financial professional. Sit down with your estate planner, your certified financial planner, and get, you know, this might take a little bit of time. You don't have to rush. But go through your house. Look at where all your documents are. Create a binder. And that lists, okay, here's the professionals that you deal with. Here's my planner. Here's my estate person. Here's my life insurance person. Here's my lawyer. Here's their phone number. Here's the account numbers of what I have with them. And then also figure out what should be in the safety deposit box, what shouldn't be there. So your will can be in your safety deposit box, but you don't want your power of attorney there. Because if your power of attorney is in the safety deposit box and something happens to you, you're in the hospital, how is your power of attorney going to get to the bank to say, let me into that person's safety deposit box? They're not going to let them in. So it just creates a big headache. So even if you've got all the right documents, if you don't have them in the right place, it really creates a really big headache. And lastly, this is a really important one. My stepdad, before he passed away, he had a number of strokes and my mom was looking after him and we traveled a fair bit. So people would come and look after him at the house. And it was really important to him that he, ha- he was not resuscitated. He, for whatever reason, didn't want to be resuscitated. But, but the number one um, thing that the ambulance people will do when they're called is they do resuscitate. So if, let's say, for example, that's important to someone in your life, you want to make sure that that is posted on the fridge, it's in the car, that your wishes are in a place that in the event of an emergency, someone will actually know what your wishes were and where those documents were. As you build your life plan, you'll want to give some thought about who you want to act on your behalf in the event of incapacitation or death. Now, obviously, you want someone you can trust to carry out your wishes. So let's talk about power of attorney fraud. First of all, Kelly, can you explain what this means? Right. So power of attorney fraud, there's a number of ways that someone can be defrauded with that. Uh, It can be a family member. It can be a neighbor, someone from your church or synagogue. Um, Usually there's some warning signs. Takes a while. This is a person who um, is patient to befriend the senior, maybe take them to their uh, medical appointments, take them to, like I said, pick them up for, for synagogue or church, take them to activities, really befriend them, get to know them, and then it usually starts small, maybe getting a little bit of money from them or even um, offering to go and do grocery shopping for them or to pick up their prescriptions. But 
you know, maybe the senior doesn't have cash and it's inconvenient, so why don't, why don't you just give them your credit card or why don't you just give them your debit card? And in that way, they don't have to keep coming back and forth. So it might start with something like that. And then slowly the person, again, this can be a family member too, unfortunately, um, gets them to sign over a power of attorney and starts to make really big changes like um, maybe selling a home or a vehicle or something of that sort while they're in the hospital or while they're under care um, that they didn't realize. And this is a really tough one. This is so tough because sometimes, when, especially when this is a family member or, or, or a friend that you've trusted for 20 years or your family's trusted and you start to see these red flags, um, it is so heart-wrenching to, to, to imagine that someone this close to you could do something like that. And this has been a warning from a number of police departments across Canada when I was doing research for my last book. It is unfortunately a growing trend. And, and then also another thing is sometimes the um, fraudster, and when I say fraudster, Sometimes it's an adult child or friend that doesn't think they're doing anything wrong. They think, well, they're going to get the inheritance anyway. They're going to, you know, they're helping this person out. Don't they deserve some money too? And um, it's a really slippery slope. So if you're listening to this and you think that this might be, you know, happening to you or if you're an adult child and you think it might be happening to your parent or someone that you love, please contact your local police department. Every local police department has a fraud squad that absolutely knows the red flags of power of attorney fraud. They'll help you by making a little visit or something to the senior's home or or try to intervene. You can also call the uh, Canadian Anti-Fraud Centre or you can contact them or go on their website. They have lots of great tips of how to spot these frauds um, and, and they can also offer you some help of what to do if you suspect that you're a victim or that someone you know is a victim. And that person needs to know where everything is. There's no point in having a safety deposit box if your executor or power of attorney nominee can't find the keys. It's up to you to set out your wishes. Pick a good representative and provide the tools that person will need to carry out your wishes in your best interest. It's never too soon to start a life plan. It might be too late to dictate your wishes if you don't have documentation in place. Life plans are all about maximizing wealth, protecting assets, and minimizing tax. They're about making sure your wants and needs are protected and your wishes are honored. You can get a lot of good ideas about life planning by going to MacMillanEstate.com and reading the blog topics that are posted. Then call the office weekdays during business hours at 403-266-6464 and make an appointment to sit down with the McMillan Estate Planning Professional. The McMillan team will take you through the process step-by-step and craft a plan specifically suited to your wishes and needs. You can also take in one of their free seminars to learn more about the process of building a life plan. The next seminars are March 26th in Edmonton and the 28th in Calgary. It might be the best 90 minutes you can invest in your own future and the future of those you love. More to come on The Strong Room in a moment on 770 CHQR.